Welcome to the Fempowered Podcast. I'm Julieta Durante, menstrual cycle nutritionist and hormone whisperer. And I'm Nat Martin, menstrual cycle coach with a passion for all things premenstrual and periods. This is a podcast to help you navigate the world using the menstrual cycle as your compass and guide. We'll be chatting to industry leaders and women who inspire us on everything from money to sexuality, business to hormone health. Honestly, the list is endless because the menstrual cycle shows up literally everywhere. But let's be honest, we live in a world that wasn't built for and doesn't value the menstrual cycle. We are here to change that. We're here to help you learn new things about your cycle and inspire you to bring them into your life so that you can show up in a way that honors your natural rhythms and enhances your inner power. It's time to stop feeling guilty about being inconsistent and struggling with your cycle. So if you're ready to unpack its gifts, let's dive in. Welcome to this very special episode of the Femme Powered Podcast, something we've never tried before. We've got six beautiful faces on the screen today. So excited for today's episode. It's a bit of an impromptu one because we're kind of taking a break in between series, but Nat and I decided a while ago that we would, if there was something we're really passionate about, we would jump on and we would do a podcast episode on. And today is one of those days. But this is something that like struck me so deeply that I was like, I don't want to just a rant on my own. I really want to have like a chat with some of my best, best period pals. So they're all here today, which I'm really, really, really excited about. No idea how it's going to pan out. It's probably going to be quite a, an animated discussion, but I'm really, really excited to have everyone um, on here today. And also very, 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 very exciting. We've got the lovely Nat with us, just fresh from becoming a mum. And um, we've even got little Jackson here. So actually the first male ever to be on our little podcast. So welcome. <laughs> welcome, Jackson. Um, really, really exciting. Really, really pleased to be here. So as always, I'm going to start with a cycle day check-in. We're going to go around, going to get to know who these amazing women working in this space are they're like honestly some of my best period pals and I just love everything they do and they all have strong opinions and we all and they're all just like powerhouses in their own right so I'm just so so excited for this so I think I'm around I don't actually know what cycle day I am but I'm about seven days away from bleeding so yeah it must be I don't know early like 17 18 something like that I'm feeling good um it's sunny I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling really fired up at the moment. I always love like the second half, half of August. I don't know what happens. I kind of get energy back, like some kind of Leo fire or something happens. So I'm generally feeling, yeah, pretty good, pretty excited for the last few weeks of, of August and um, very, very, very bloody excited for today. So let's go round the room. Lovely Nat, how are you? And yeah, how are you doing? Hello. I had to check my app, full disclosure. <laughs> so it's like, I actually don't know what cycle day I'm on. I'm on cycle day 286. Um, and I've actually just stopped. I didn't track really throughout my pregnancy. And now I'm postpartum. I'm like, forget it. It just, I, I doesn't matter. Um, but I feel, uh, despite not sleeping very well, I actually feel really good this morning. I feel like the last couple of days has been like in a spring kind of feeling. So I've kind of woken up and yeah, just kind of felt quite bouncy. I'm really excited to be here as well, to be doing something 
like with focus that's about what I do and then also to meet um the rest of the group because although we've been in a, a kind of chat group I haven't actually met um any of you face to face before so yeah I'm really feeling the inner spring vibes um here with a little babe and really excited for this chat as well yeah nice to be here amazing it's so so good to have you here so so good all right over to lovely laura please tell us a little bit about who you are and cycle day check-in hey ladies welcome and um, welcome I'm, I'm normally the one saying welcome uh, thank you for having me um it's really honored to be here uh, so my name is laura wilkes i am a cycle educator and a yin yoga teacher um, I'm on cycle day five today. My cycle, um, well, my period's been a little bit iffy this cycle, a little bit stop start, a little bit all over the place. So I'm really like rising up with estrogen at the moment. I'm feeling her coming back in. Like I got up, I went on a run and I'm really on looking after myself this cycle. So I feel really motivated in this cycle. I'm really excited to chat and just get the fire kind of going as we move through the group. So yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, I love that. Yes, I think quite a lot of fire. I can just looking at the faces here I'm just like fire 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 and I see Adele is nodding her head Adele my love welcome and yeah tell us a bit about where you are and who you are so I'm Adele I'm a women's health practitioner from Harmonize You um, and I am on day 16 and I'm feeling on fire I think it's this Leo new moon that we've got I'm like charged up and feeling sparkly and vibrant and energized and just looking at everybody's faces and thinking I'm so happy to be in that community feel and seeing this circle of women so yeah really excited to see what comes up today amazing thank you for that and you are a leo aren't you you're an actual leo i am i am that's why i think i'm like let's go <laughs> i love it thank you so much tara my love how are you i am great although i shared in the intro that um i went on roller coasters yesterday so i feel a little bit like i went to a rave and <laughs> Just a little bit shaken. Um, but that aside, I'm on day 18 and feeling good. I'm really enjoying my more autumn time now. I was very much a summer person looking back, not that I knew about my cycle um when I was in my 20s and 30s, but I really, yeah, I love this time. And um to share what I do, I am a period educator and abdominal therapist. I'm really passionate about sharing with uh, the young the next generation about their periods. And I run workshops for age 12 year olds and also for teenagers, and I love it amazing thank you and what you do like educating teens is such an amazing thing because that is the next generation you know and how powerful because I don't think any of us here ever had that education and you know I think we have a bit of sadness I do definitely around the fact that I didn't know about this until much later on in life so what you're doing is fucking amazing so yeah little clap that for all of us actually what we do is amazing anyway Angela my love how are you good to see you I'm great. I'm loving being on this. I think this is the first time I've been on your podcast as well, Julieta. So, and and what an amazing group to be amongst, you know, all these lovely ladies. I know them all personally, and I probably sent them really insulting memes or something horrible. So I, I know something horrible and vile like I usually do. But um, my name's Angela Heap. I'm actually a fertility nutritionist. Um, me and Julietta go way back. We knew each other many years ago and had the pleasure of all sorts of things and had many parallel lives. So I'm really excited about being on this podcast today. I specialise in helping women the other side of understanding the cycles. So when they start to kind of understand the cycles, trying to actually get pregnant and trying to keep the baby to support their pregnancy all the way through. 
in terms of where I am on my cycle, I'm laughing at all of you because you're all like, yes, I'm on fire. I'm literally about to get my period. So it's literally this morning. I use the obvious sense app. It dipped. And I was a bit of a grumpy bitch tonight, last night with my sister. And this morning I'm like, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> like that. So it's still there. I'm still in the game, but it's coming down now. And I'm due my period probably tomorrow or the day after. So I'm all about kind of hunkering down, getting as much work as I can done. Because I know when you obviously go into your period, that's when you need to conserve a bit more energy. But really loving being amongst all these amazing women and talking about this. And love the fact that Matt's little baby's here. And that's incredible. Just amazing you know talking about fertility and pregnancy and there he is he pops up (laughs) oh thank you so much and as well the work you do is incredible you have supported so many couples and women to have children and what you do is 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 unbelievable so like so grateful for the work you do Angela also has a very very hilarious sense of humor like really 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 funny and we always have a good laugh um just basically slagging off the world sometimes is what we do yeah, right absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> and absolutely looking at how parallel our lives are from our kind of late teens to 20s all the way through to what we were doing in our 30s our 40s honestly we've literally lived parallel lives it's bizarre <laughs> it's very very funny even to this day we both live in north london and we both have the same issues don't we like where we live yeah. So it's just brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so the reason we're here today is because a couple of weeks ago, Tara actually shared a reel in we have a period pal group, and um it's always popping off with things. It's a great, it's a very like um sort of like what busy group, lots of opinions, lots of things. It's great. And um Tara posted a reel in there um that was made by a doctor, uh, a GP female GP saying that periods are optional so periods can just be an option there's absolutely no reason why we need to have a period unless we want to have a baby so the overarching message of this reel was you know if you find them inconvenient if you don't want to have a period you can basically be on contraception for your entire life and it's just not a problem there is no danger to having to not having periods you know why do we need them they're just an inconvenience so obviously, we all saw this reel and went a bit mad. Um, you know, there was a lot of reactions there. Um, you know, and it's something that I'm still sort of like working through, trying to see all the different angles. And really, the point of today is for us to discuss what we feel about this, what it means. And yeah, just to really have a conversation about this. So I really want us to go around the room first and see what I'm going to do is actually I'm going to start backwards. I'm going to start with Angela, who's at the bottom of my screen. What do you think as a fertility like nutritionist and specialist? Should periods be optional? I think and you probably are all going to agree with me in this side that they are such an important marker for women to connect for people to understand where they are in this cycle. I know we know a lot more about cycles and the power that they hold, but I think, you know, more than anything, they're a detox or, a, you know, a way of getting rid of what's happened during that month previously. You also get to find out what's been happening with you in terms of stress levels. The bleed can give you so much more information. I think it's a bit like, you know, something that's that's going to predict how we've actually worked through that month so I do think you know it's an interesting approach and 
I think the GP definitely works in the world where we are competing amongst men. And I think it's juxtaposed very much against the, well, men don't have it. So let's put ourselves on that platform and take it away so that we don't actually have to have them and therefore the inconvenience of them. Um, mm. And it comes from a place, I think, very much that we all understood and probably, you know, before Tara and telling all our teens about having periods, that actually they were painful, they were horrible, they were dirty, they were something that you hide your tampon in your hand or your pad going to the toilet. You know, it comes from that place. And I think that's where it's most dangerous saying something like that because it reinforces that message that's probably come from the 70s. Um, and that's not necessarily the best thing, really. Thank you. And just as, as a fertility like somebody working in the fertility space I know you've talked before about how you work with clients sometimes that they're so disconnected from their periods and their menstrual health that that becomes the first focus so if you could just like give us a bit of detail around when you're specifically focusing on fertility what does a period what is the importance of a period in that or the role of periods in the fertility space so in terms of what I do, it's one of the first things I get my female clients to do is to really engage with their bleed, to tell me a bit more about it. And you'd be surprised the amount of women that don't understand their cycle. And when you say to them, tell me about your cycle, they go straight to their period and just say, well, it's a bit painful. And that's all they know, really. They start to learn a bit more about the cycle. They really start to kind of understand that actually the menstrual cycle is not just the whole cycle. There are different phases. I'm under helping them to understand a bit more about that. But the bleed is so important. I get them to do period homework. That's part of what I say. And they always laugh at that. And it's looking at the consistency of the bleed, you know, whether it's quite syrupy, you know, to indicate potential circulatory issues or that, you know, the uterus generally isn't really that full of, um, circulatory potential there and you know that's quite important to look at the consistency whether there's old blood there to try and kind of understand how that uterine muscle is working and that's very important for fertility um, so for me from that perspective getting them to understand and report back on their bleed also gives us an indication of how well we're actually working together and how I've actually pinpointed an area that need, needs a lot of support, which is their cycle through to helping them to understand their overall health. And again, that's going back to periods being a vital sign in terms of giving us more information about whether they are getting healthier. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a load of brown in your periods to begin with or at the end may not necessarily be that healthy. If it's kind of very dark and thick and viscous, those are the things that we generally are saying we need to improve on. What we're looking for, and I always say this, is frank, bright blood, almost like if you cut your finger and you dropped it into the to toilet bowl, it would cover the whole bowl. It wouldn't necessarily pull to the bottom. Um, and that's what we're looking for when we kind of go through period homework as a, a really good indication. The blood flow in the uterus in that area is actually getting a lot healthier. And as we work through our three or four month programs together that's generally what things start to look like you know and I sort of I'm so excited I'm elated when they kind of report back that things have improved on the period and for me that's that's just them understanding their body a lot more and trying to kind of get with their flow trying to understand 
that's one aspect of those you know different kind of um autumns winters spring summer those kind of things trying to really get them to understand the period really gets um you know them into a space where they can actually understand their body and so many of them say god i didn't know about this you know my mum told me um you know she gave me a book about periods and you know or talked about it and said something you know oh you probably will have to use these now and it's just an embarrassment I think in a lot of cases with mothers to daughters and I think we need to turn that narrative completely on its head and with the fact that someone has said we don't need them it's going back into that whole kind of 70s 80s approach to you know periods and prior to that and I think we need to we do need to have periods to see how healthy we are, really. And that also goes for not just fertility, but also everything else in our life. Yes, they can be painful, but that's an indication pain should not be ignored. We need to then look at where that's coming from and how we can actually improve on that to make them a little bit more healthier. Amazing. Thank you for all of that. I think you you said so much there. For anyone listening who hasn't heard about this idea that actually we now believe that periods in the menstrual cycle are a fifth vital sign because they show us, give us so much information about how our bodies are functioning. And I love this idea of period homework, right? What an amazing piece of homework to get set. And you're right. It is such a wonderful way to gauge where our bodies are at in all sorts of areas. So you've mentioned this mother-daughter bond, you know, you know, this kind of like the taboos and everything. So obviously I'm looking straight at Tara, um, our teen period educator. Tara, just fresh off roller coasters, tell us a little bit <laughs> what you think in terms of, um, yeah, should periods be optional? And in your world, what does that mean? And what does that, yeah, how does that look like for you? Yeah. You know, I was I was so upset with this whole conversation that is happening, like how um, Angela said about how it feels like we're going back in time with with that, the views and the opinions on it. Um, but what I see with teens I work with, they definitely do want to have their period. They, they definitely don't want to have a period. They want it to be an option. They want to be able to opt out of that. And I think it's because we're continually that myth that we're supposed to be the same person every day. And, you know, we are all doing very powerful work in this space and sharing it with the next generation. God, it's like a penny dropping. They're like, what? I'm, it's cyclical? What? We just don't understand. And I reflect on, I only learned that um, we're cyclical in my late 30s. And I'm 44 now. Um, and I remember one of the first things I felt when I learned was almost like, oh, no, no, this isn't good. If, I, if we tell people, it's going to really piss them off. <laughs> which is just actually shows how I was brainwashed by the patriarchy, right? That I was thinking that we have, I really felt like we should, we shouldn't be cyclical. I really felt it in my bones because I was like, that's really inconvenient. That's going to really, no, no. And then when you actually start and think, okay, it's not that our cycle or our period is inconvenient. It's the world we live in is not made for people with cycles and periods. And then if you switch that around you think, oh, okay, so it's not that I'm broken, it's the system that we live in that is broken. And, you know, we have our colleague Natasha from um, Forest Botanicals, he said, you know, what if the world was made for women? Like, if we had to remake it, if we had to make the working week, if we had to make the working environment, what would it look like? Um, and I know there was 
awful news um, just recently about um, young girls who died in the uh, in a place they had to be sent to have their period. This was in a developing country. Um, but actually, the history on how it was that women would all bleed together, that they were taken, they would all come together in the red tent and they would share stories and they would have massages and they would um, have special food, that we had this acknowledgement that having a period was a time to rest. And Angela made reference to that about conserving a bit of energy look we can't stop the world but we should be able to slow down a little bit we had that historically in place with the bleeding in our red tents together um and now we are just so far removed from that we think that we should still be doing you know marathons or you know smashing things whatever on our period and it's fine obviously marathons come when they come you have to you know women can still get the pbs on marathons bad example but uh what i mean is we, we still are acting like every day of our cycle we are supposed to be the same person um and we need to really continue that conversation that it's it's okay to feel different in fact it's not just okay it's biologically normal for you to feel like a different person if it's going to affect your motivation your energy your hunger knowing that is a game changer we are still in a world made for men we're not the feminist revolution ain't going to be that fast we ain't going to change that but we need to acknowledge it and at least acknowledging it often turns down um you know the shit fm in our head which is constantly telling us that we are wrong that we are broken that we are lazy we are all these things um and so i totally understand why people don't want to have a period because our world is not made the people with periods um, and the teens I work with, they would be really happy and they are delighted to go on the pill. So I'm working at it. I don't have a solution to that, but I think at least helping them understand, okay, in these teen years, these are the things that are going to make your period worse, which is frankly the same things that can make our period worse than our thirties as well. And how, how it is irregular in our teen years. Um, and that is like, we can probably, anyone who's listening to this and everyone here can remember a time when a period caught you unannounced, when you had friggin' no idea and you were in white trousers and like you, you know, all, the, all the rest, we all know those stories. Or you stayed over at your boyfriend's house for the first time and then you bled all over the bed. Like there's just hundreds of those stories. So when periods caught you unawares, when periods are painful, of course people want to, switch that off um and i was really grateful julia to be getting us all together but also your beautiful post that you put on this um and when we think about the way that the health system is run well really around the world but let's we're um, most of us are british based you know it's so exhausting for people to go to their uh, healthcare providers and say i've got this problem with my period and they are just fobbed off and they said the only option is to have a pill and we know that there is um you know, we call it the data gap, but there's the data to doing gap. So when we have research which shows what supports healthy periods, it takes 17 years for that to get into practice. Like, wow, but that's for everything. That's that's how long research takes to come into the mainstream. But we know that there's so much we can do to help with period pains, to help with PMS, but we're just not talking about it because the narrative still is loud and clear, periods are inconvenient, women need to crack on, <laughs> just get on with it and ignore it. I think there will be, there is change, but I think we still got a long way to go. So I understand why people want to switch off their periods, but they shouldn't want that. But I understand that. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, like 
no, no one here is saying we don't understand why it it's an attractive option. Of course not, especially where there's pain, etc. And I really feel that the, the teen years are so key to defining our relationship with our periods. You know, I know definitely my story was I started bleeding when I was nine. And my God, if I could have taken a pill for the next 10 years of my life, that would have been the best thing ever. Looking back, I'm grateful I didn't. I mean, I still went on the pill when I was whatever, 16, 17, because that's what you did. I didn't really know what I was going on it for, but like everybody I knew was like, oh, you go on the pill, turned into a psychopath, like really, really demented. And that's when I started learning about the effects of hormones on my body, synthetic hormones, etc. The other thing you mentioned very quickly was this idea of feminism, right? And like, I think that's another issue that the pill was one of the best things that happened to feminism when it first came out. I mean, the 60s and 70s, Finally, we had control of our fertility. We could choose. We could have sex with as many people as partners as we wanted and not have to face the consequences. Yeah, Adele's like shaking her little booty there. Yeah, it's so true. So it was incredible. But I think we still today are mistaking the pill for a real empowering tool in feminism when I think now menstrual cycle awareness can also provide that. It's not like a judgment on anyone, but it's it's weird. I was thinking about this in the shower earlier. It's almost like a patriarchal version of feminism when we take the pill. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm all empowered because I choose when I have periods. Wonderful. But how about the next step, which is like creating a world where you can have a period, you know, and rest during your period and talk about your period in the workplace, all of those things. Anyway, I, I don't digress, but I want to hear from you. So now, Adele, shaking your booty, tell us, what do you think, especially in your area of work? You also work with a lot of women who are neurodivergent, right? Like ADHD, divas, that's your little group. So tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are on this. Um, You know, I think, you know, exact, just to pick up on what you said there about feminism, I think that wave of feminism was very much about being masculine. That was how we had, that was how we were going to find our place to be equal and accepted was to be in our masculine. So yes, it gave us this amazing freedom, but actually it shut our cycle down to be masculine so that we were consistent like men so that we could show up in this workplace. So I just wanted to really like that really sort of feeds into it. And I don't think that's where we are in this new wave of feminism. It's about owning the feminine and the way that we fluctuate and we ebb and flow from a cyclical perspective. And I think I want to start by saying I'm completely pro-choice. You know, for me, there's no judgment that comes with this. Every woman has the right to choose what she puts in her body. And of course, when women are suffering, I absolutely understand why it's like, give me this, even if it's just to give me a break while I work on a lifestyle approach to this. And I think... One of the jarring things for me when we saw this post was the level of influence this particular doctor had and actually how limited and basic the message was. It was this real kind of blasé, like, oh, I know it's gonna be controversial, but actually you don't really need a period. You can shut it down. Like that's gonna have no impact on your health. There was no acknowledgement of the side effects. There was no acknowledgement of, you know, even the ones that aren't acknowledged in the medical world around nutrient deficiency, how it changes metabolism, your gut microbiome, all these things just not taken into consideration. Like take this pill and that's the magic you skip off into the sunset. And as you say, my niche within women's health is supporting neurodivergent women, particularly ADHD women, to understand the impact their hormones have on their traits. And something that is still women are gaslit about by taking these contraceptives is the impacts on their mental health. 
you know, with the impact we see progestins having on making women feel like shit, you know, creating anxiety. And when you're working with some a woman who has ADHD or women who don't and we start to see these symptoms yes it might shut your cycle down but what impact has it had and then are you going to be heard and acknowledged and validated in those being side effects like all of that narrative was missing from this real like just your opinion down you don't need it and I think if the mist is it's a choice and you can have it Absolutely, it is. But let's give women all the information to have truly informed consent before taking it. Because right now, the vast majority of women, in my opinion, aren't truly consenting to having their cycle shut down because they're not being given the truth and full information about the impact that has. So yes, there's the side effects from the medication that is both acknowledged and not acknowledged. But also these synthetic hormones, and they are synthetic, progestins are not progesterones, regardless of what you're told, they will not replace your progesterone. These oral estrogens, they're harsh on the liver, they have an impact, and they're not replacing what your body naturally produces. And for me, this sits with, with what I observe in the medical world, is this very basic look at the hormones to be what well, gets you pregnant and that's kind of it you know even when we're seeing women who've had hysterectomies not being given body identical progesterone it's like we well, haven't got a womb and it's like let's look at what these hormones do you know what estrogen protects our cardiovascular health our bones our muscles our brain and it keeps our serotonin and dopamine which is amazing for like ADHD women as well as obviously neurotypical women it does protects our skin elasticity our gut microbiome our immunity our body temperature it keeps our vagina juicy like what that you know if we're shutting down our ovulation these synthetic hormones aren't going to work in the same way progesterone protects our breast health it's calming it helps us sleep progestins in the pills aren't going to replace that and for me it was this whole impact on women's short and long-term health was missing in this really blase message of you don't need your period to shut it down with the pill. And I'm like, whoa, yes, that should be available to women as a choice if that's what they want. But give all the information to make that choice. Don't make it, well, a doctor said it, a very influential and high-profile doctor said it, therefore it must be true. Because this is how we're conditioned in our culture, right? Oh, a doctor said it, so it must be true. And yet it was, for me, the message was very limited and that was harmful. That made a harmful message to people who are like, oh, it's fine. So yeah, that was that was my perspective on the reel that we saw. Thank you. And I thank you for raising all of those really important points. The role of estrogen and progesterone, the two main hormones involved in the menstrual cycle, all the benefits they have. It's not just about, you know, like helping you to have a baby, right? They are so, 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 so much more. And as someone who is now in perimenopause, boy, can I feel the difference of these hormones dropping, you know, like, wow, it's it's very, very different. It really influences who we are on many, many different levels. And they, the, 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 yeah, the hormones in the pill are just not the same. My experience was when I took something with a progestin, I went mental. I went absolutely insane. It turned me into like a crazy woman. I mean, I always joke that it did its job in terms of contraception because I would not let my boyfriend anywhere near me. I mean, he went near me and I'd actually slap him, actually slap him. <laughs> like, you know, how bad is that? So thank you for sharing all of that. Really, really helpful. Thanks. Those progestins are made from testosterone. They're more like testosterone than they are our body's progesterone. So we see, you know, aggression can come up. Like, why am I so aggressive? Where's this come from? Well, because you're really taking more testosterone type 
you know structure so there's yeah. so much information that we need to give women to make to empower them to make an informed choice and that still might be the pill for them but at least they've had all the information to say that is right for me right now yes agreed I think it's about all the information and as you were talking about the real the only side the only sort of like concerns that were expressed were like people saying oh if I take the pill continuously will my womb lining build up forever and burst or something and it was like oh okay that is a valid thing because I have been asked that and many clients have thought that or sometimes the other question is where do the eggs go things like that and they are valid but that's literally the tip of the iceberg it's everything else and that was not and it was, they were very like the, the kind of like the way they were dealt with, it was very flippant. It was like, no, 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 it's fine. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Don't worry. And there was like nothing else was mentioned, which as you say, it's just a little bit concerning because we need to somebody to really make a choice. You are pro-choice. We're all pro-choice in here. To make a choice, you have to be presented with every single side of the argument and every single kind of like, sort of like, sort of like, yeah, consequence. So yeah, thank you for that. Right, lovely Laura. So what what do you think, my love? I know that you you also support women on fertility journeys. You have a beautiful group that you support. You're really about lifestyle, aren't you? And you're really kind of like, you're, you're yin, you're like about chilling people out, all of those things. So yeah, what are your thoughts? Should they, should periods be optional? I think, I mean, I agree with everything you've, everyone has said about education and also being pro-choice we need to be educated to be able to make the choice. And at the moment, the education is just completely not there. Um, something that really got to me on the reel was that she said, I think it was towards the end that you just take contraception up until you want to have a baby, you come off contraception and it will not impact your fertility at all. So firsthand experience, I came off the pill after a year and a half and my period went away for three years. So if I had been wanting to have a baby when I got off the pill, I would have had three years of absolute hell physical, mental, emotional, really not understanding what happened to my fertility. And that's really bad information just to be like, oh yeah, just come off the pill and you'll get pregnant. It's absolutely fine. And I know it does happen to some women. And I think that's why fertility is such a hard topic sometimes because it really is unique to what's going on in each woman's body. So yes, some people come off the pill and it's absolutely fine, but Everyone I work with, my experience as well, lots of stories and anecdotal stuff that I'm sure we all hear is that actually there's something happened during, you're either gone off the pill for bad skin or bad periods or missing periods and the, the pill's been trying to regulate. So there's something up in the hormones that the pill has then been masking. So when you come off the pill, there's some investigation to go to heal whatever it was, the reason why you went on the pill in the first place. So that is really untrue that you can just come off the pill and your fertility is just going to be absolutely great. And I think especially in today's world, when women are trying to live in a male world, we are trying to compete. We're trying to fit into the same structures. We're trying to work in the same way and move in the same way and eat in the same way. And that's harming our cycles and harming our fertility and really just harming our health. And I think the biggest thing with the cycle is, as Angela said, like it's your vital sign. So if something's up in your menstrual cycle, something's up in your fertility, something's up in your health. And so suppressing the cycle is suppressing kind of what's happening and the investigations can't really go on. It's a lot of disconnection from our bodies. So everything I do is coming back to the body and we live so much in our heads. Our heads are like dragging us through like, yeah, my head's telling me to do this. I read this in a magazine. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it because someone else told me to do it. And we don't take a moment to be like, how am I actually feeling today? Like, do I want to be doing these things or am I just doing it because I think that I should be doing it? And there's a lot of that. And 
clients come to me and they think they're being really healthy. They think they're really looking after themselves because that social media influencer has just marketed this new diet or intermittent fasting is a new thing to do or not having carbs anymore is a new next thing to do. And we're following all these trends. And it's like, are they tested on women? Have we been investigating what happens to the female body and the female hormones when we're doing things like intermittent fasting? And it really, the cycle for me is just so important because it's it's like your foundation, like your menstrual cycle is your baseline and understanding how you flow uniquely to you throughout your cycle can really help you understand yourself, understand why sometimes you feel amazing and sometimes you don't feel so amazing. Sometimes why you want to eat everything in sight and sometimes why you actually haven't thought about food for the last six hours of your life. Why you want to go to that hit class, why you want to lie in bed when you jump out of bed in the morning and then you have to just snooze, snooze, snooze. Like it's what Tara said. We are not the same every day. And that's actually fine and okay and empowering if you understand it. So I really think this whole conversation roots in education and it's the education of our bodies that we're just not being given at all. So from school, throughout our 20s, throughout our 30s, I always think if kids were educated about the fertile window, because no, you can't get pregnant every day of your cycle. So if you're on the pill for contraception only, there's some big conversations to be had and some investigating to be doing. But I wonder how many unplanned child pregnancies would be avoided if we actually understood the fertile window that we can only get pregnant in a certain amount of time. If we actually understood what the menstrual cycle was all about from a younger age, how it would empower so many women. And also I think men, because we can't like ignore men from these conversations, like understanding the menstrual cycle for all humans is really, really important. And yeah, I think education and the body, like the female body and why are we continuously trying to suppress, suppress and suppress. It's like, I feel tired today. I feel really hungry, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to run to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm not going to have any breakfast. Mm. But my body is like, I'm tired and I'm hungry, but we're like, no body. I don't want you to feel like that because I want to be thinner or I want to do these things that I think I should be doing. And Mm. so we just suppress, suppress, suppress. And it's coming out in our health, in our fertility and our menstrual cycles. Yes, agreed. Thank you for that. And I love what you said about men, because I feel that, you know, if we can bring in cyclical living into like relationships or into our homes or with our male friends, they can be so, so, so powerful, you know, like we can teach them lessons as well. Like, you know, like from a personal point of view, like my husband really struggles to relax sometimes. I am the queen of chilling out because, you know, years and years of like period caves and all of these things. So I'm just like, what do you mean you can't relax? You know, like, look, watch me just sit here, you know, like, (laughs) I'll show you how it's done. But I can really see that masculine energy in him, you know, like, just like, I want to feel the same every day, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's more of a challenge. And we can really bring some beautiful lessons, I feel, into the workplace, into all sorts of places. Like, I don't feel that menstrual cycle work is exclusive to women, people with periods, anything. It's for everyone. It's for children. It's for everyone, everyone, everyone. Um, so yeah, I really love what you said about that. And yeah, so now looking at my lovely Nat, what are your thoughts, my love? What have you got to say? I know you shared with me that you might throw in a few little bombs, maybe if you feel so so inclined. But yeah, just keep, what what do you think? Should periods be optional? Mm. Well, I mean, obviously, I agree with everything <laughs> that's been said already. That goes without saying. And 
yeah like we all know like this is a menstrual cycle awareness based podcast so we all know like the benefits of menstrual cycle awareness and cyclical living and how empowering that is and um, I mean I was on the pill for 17 years I was on the pill for a very long time from the age of 16 until 33 and my experience was that the pill was actually quite fine for me apart from the fact that I was on the wrong type of pill for a very long time which gave me migraines and once I switched over then I was like pretty much okay so for me coming off the pill wasn't really anything to do with and going on the pill wasn't anything to do with um yeah with like a a physical symptom that needed to be looked at or quote-unquote managed um and when I came off the pill my cycle came back I think it was like 77 days so I am one of those people who was kind of okay on the pill and was just using it for contraception and clearly now my life is like completely different without the pill. And I, well, funny enough, I said to Julietta in a message, I was like, I would never go back on the pill. And actually now, like having had a C-section and and really thinking I do not want to have any more children um, and especially not wanting to get pregnant and shouldn't get pregnant within the next year or so, there is a, a part of me that's like, I love my MCA practice. It's done so much for me and it's now so bound with who I am but would I go on the pill again? Would I go on the pill for a year to make sure that I do not get pregnant so that I don't have to put my uterus under any, yeah, any more um, stress or put myself in a, a situation where I would have to decide, do I, what do I do with this, this potential baby? And all of that to say, I completely agree with everyone. However, I cannot help this. It's literally part of my personality. It's part of my human design. I'm sorry. I'm like the person who always looks for the, yeah, but what if? <laughs> and there were a few things that I was like, I, I, I think what was so riling about that reel was, as already has been said, it was very kind of blasé and very superficial and very top level and didn't go into any of the, the detail which I kind of feel like, well, it's a reel. So like you can only get so much information in a reel. However, I think there's a few things to think about. So first of all, my first thought was actually, where is this woman based? And then I looked and I was like, oh, she's like a BBC GP, blah, blah, blah. But you know, there are many communities where having a period is still a real taboo, where you still cannot do anything, where you are still really kind of demonized for having that and of course we all know that that is wrong but for those people in those cultures maybe actually it's better for them not to have a period so that they can just live a quote-unquote normal regular life and not you know have to cut back on any of their normal daily life stuff because they're bleeding and they're not allowed to because it's dirty because of this and the other so I, I think there is a cultural aspect that I could imagine and this is this is gonna I'm gonna just like be very I'm just gonna group people into groups here, not wanting to offend anyone, and I hope no one gets offended by this. But this doctor was person of color. I don't know where from, so I'm not gonna you know I'm gonna say maybe like India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, somewhere around there. And I could well imagine that there are people from that community who would look at her and think okay she's speaking to me I know that because I do that when there's a black woman speaking to something I'm probably a little bit more inclined to listen to it because it's representative for me so I do think there's a cultural aspect that is maybe that we are not privy to that people from other cultures might think okay that actually speaks to me so that was one thing 
Then also the thing about people just using pills for contraception. Like I know because it took me like, I don't know, five years <laughs> before getting pregnant and even having a pregnancy, possible pregnancy happen without using the pill. Um, I know that, menstru- that that fertility awareness works really, really well for most people when you do it properly. But I also know from having coached people that for some people that just literally is not an option. I've literally coached someone who was like, I could not have done this with my ex-boyfriend because he didn't care about my body. He didn't care about where I was in my cycle. And and not that she was what you would call legally raped, but there were times when she had to have sex where she didn't really want to. So, you know, there, there are people who are not in these relationships that maybe we are in where we're with people who are respectful, who will listen, who, you know, who won't have to put their men in a situation where they have to decide, do I want to, ter- do I have to terminate this pregnancy or not? And also it's a funny one because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I went on the pill when I was 16 going 17 because I just met my first boyfriend, my first serious boyfriend. And so it was just a contraception thing. And I've been thinking, gosh, I wish I would have known about all of this as a teenager, right? Like people like Tara coming to school and actually teaching us about the menstrual cycle instead of just like, here's how you put a condom on a banana. And that's like literally all that I remember from my sex ed class. And I think it is so necessary that we start at a very young age of informing children, no matter their gender, about the menstrual cycle, about periods, that it's a normal thing, that it's not dirty, that da, 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 da. Um, and that you can't get pregnant every day. Cause I also only found that out when I was 33. <laughs> Came off the pill. I was like, really? What have I been taking this fucking pill for? <laughs> Are you for real? Um, but on the other hand, I'm kind of like, would I? honestly at that age have followed my cycle enough Mm. to to not get pregnant Mm. I don't know like I I don't know and there are people who just you know either because they're just young and they're experimenting or they're just not people who are like I speak to people about fertility awareness and they're like nah I I just know that that wouldn't be for me that level of monitoring my body and everything and so there's also that aspect as well of like okay well for some people maybe it's just a thing of convenience and finally there are the people who just don't want to have a period and it's irrelevant whether it's because it's painful or you know whatever it's whether and taking away the period shaming aspect of it there are people who just don't want to have a period it's an inconvenience to them, you know, and maybe they are people who don't have issues. And so they can just be like, I just don't want to bleed. I don't want to spend the money on period products. I don't like, I don't like being interrupted in my life for five days or whatever. And of course we, we know that there's a lot of, of almost brainwashing that's happened over years to, to perhaps have that kind of mindset but at the end of the day there are people who just don't want to have a period and so from my perspective I'm kind of like well should periods be optional I feel like there's a part of me that feels like well why not if it's if if there are people who really don't want to have a period and in the best case they would know about the wonderfulness that is the menstrual cycle because we would live in a world where that would just be factored into everything but if there are people who are just like, I don't want to do, I don't want to have a period, then that's up to them. You know, I kind of feel like it's the same as 
as any other choice in life and and I think that sometimes it can be so easy and I have to watch this in myself as well I can I get so fired up about things sometimes because it's so clear to me I'm like well how can you not know this like this is so amazing this is la 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 but at the end of the day like not everyone is that interested not everyone is that interested in what goes in their body and you know like I remember seeing a meme uh, at the beginning of the whole corona vaccination debate where it was like they were saying look it was like a, a, a video or a reel or something and it was like you know people smoking people taking um having a glass of wine someone taking an ecstasy someone snorting a line of coke someone doing this and it was like yes 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 and then vaccine no I don't know what's in that shit and I kind of feel like you know there's just so many things that we just take like your doctor prescribes you antibiotics or whatever it is we trust that doctor to just like prescribe us something and we take the thing sometimes without even reading the leaflet but we're completely happy to put like drugs and all kinds of random shit in our bodies without really caring. And I feel like there are just some people who they don't care. They'll just take it and just be like, I don't want to have a period. So should periods be optional? We're all adults. We have a human right to choose what we do. We have a right to be informed or not. So I feel like, yes, periods should be optional in that case. But on the other hand, I feel like periods should only be optional and people really understand enough about them mm. and you know until we live in a world where that is a possibility where that is a probability where that is likely that everyone will know enough about their cycle until then like people have to be able to choose and they have to be able to choose depending on what their life situation is depending on what their relationship situation is depending on what their financial situation is depending on where they live in the world you know if, if period poverty is a very real thing for you and you know it's a choice between taking the pill and going to school or going to university or whatever then yeah periods should be optional mm -hmm. in my opinion mm. so it's like it's a really like it's a very fine line because like for me I'm very I'm just I'm very much about embodiment as well but I'm also about empowerment and and it was a great thing in the 60s and, and the 70s. And, and even like today, it's a great thing for many people. But I think we have to just be, be aware that there are so many other perspectives. And I think as we spoke about Julietta in our um, voice messages afterwards, you were like, oh, I had a look and she's got a book coming out. And it was like, flipping good PR move that was because it has got people talking about it. We're talking about it. You know, like it's got people talking about it. So on one hand, I kind of feel like we all, I'm saying we all, I know that I definitely sometimes polarizing on purpose because it's part of my personality and also it's bloody good marketing. Like that will get people like, what? I need to look into that. So should periods be optional? I don't know. Yes and no. And she's like, oh, whoever's doing her marketing has done a bloody great job because it's got the debate going I would be genuinely interested to know what her personal view is away from mm. her job and um and everything else and you know if if she would be on the podcast for example would she be saying something differently as opposed to in a 60 second reel mm. 
thank you for all of that. And I'm, I'm really pleased that you brought up, you know, these other kind of points of view, because I think one of the things that happens when you work in this world, we're also passionate. It's a little bit of a like bubble, right? An echo chamber. And we're all like, yes, yes, yes. So it's really good to like be, think about these things. And you're right, for some people, like the pill is probably the best thing that can ever happen to them in terms of, you know, like controlling their fertility, etc. I think the other thing that was coming, well, first of all, before I say that, I like I was totally played. It was a friend of ours, Connie, um, who hopefully will be listening at some point. She is a, a PR specialist and she was like, well, she's bringing out a book. Like, of course she's going to say, and it worked. Like I was played. I was like, who is this woman? What is she saying? Oh, she's got a book out. I better buy the book because I need to know what's being said there. You know, like, and there was part of me was like, but I don't want to give somebody money who's telling people periods are optional. But it was really, really funny to watch the whole process. So yes. The other thing that really sort of like was coming through when you were saying a lot is this idea of privilege. Like really, can we only, can this only really be a thing if you, have some sort of privilege you know like you have the education you have the access well you know you have the relationship in which it's safe to practice like you know menstrual cycle awareness fertility awareness method for those of you listening who don't know what fertility awareness method is it's charting different body signs from your you know in your cycle to work out what your fertile window is and we have a great friend katie as well um who will, will come on the day on the podcast one day too who specializes in that and it's it's a wonderful way of working with your body, but it's not for everyone, you know, and I do think there's a certain amount of privilege involved when we do all this kind of kind of work. So I, th I suppose my next question is to anyone who wants to answer or everyone, what are your thoughts on this idea that maybe, you know, the link between privilege and being able to choose if periods are optional? Adele, go ahead, my love. I would say thank you to Natalie for that because my background was actually in children's services. I spent 20 years there and everything you said there to me is like a given. There was that, you know, that assumption and that was wrong of me to make that assumption because I do believe periods should be optional for so many of those reasons that you said. And I don't think there's probably anyone on here saying, no, they shouldn't be optional. Everyone has to have a period. So I just wanted to clarify that that is certainly not my message. My message is very clearly, I think they should be optional within the context of having the information. And actually this concept of privilege is such an important one because we're all in a position here where we've been able to access that information and process and put things in place. And yet so many people aren't, you know, even, even within our country, you know, one of the richest countries in the world, you know, people aren't able and, and don't care. You know, you don't have that. Why does it matter? You know, the messaging is. And I think it as I was listening to you, Natalie, it's so much we have got we've got to go so much further back in terms of getting to this grassroots level in educating and changing, changing the world, which I'm sure all of us here feel like we absolutely can. We're like, you know, these super women in the period where like we can change this and bring this feminine model of living that supports our natural ebb and flow. And, you know, speaking about when I was 16 years old, you know, I skipped out the doctors with my pill like it was a packet of smarties. Like, you know, time to go. If someone had sat down and talked to me about, you know, cyclical living and stuff, I'd have gone, oh, that's nice and moved on with my life. You know, I want to have sex and I don't want to worry about it. So it was, you know, because the biggest thing in the world is like, don't get pregnant. You know, this thing is like it's drummed into you, isn't it? So I think there's so much to do around how we empower our children and young people to see th sex, you know, that it isn't just this fear of God that you're going to get pregnant. You need, to, you know, that it's about intimacy and pleasure. And there's just it's such a big topic, isn't it? It's so huge. So 
yeah that I don't really have like a you know a particular thing to say other than acknowledging everything you said Natalie and wholeheartedly agreeing with that thank you does anybody else have any thoughts on this idea of privilege uh yeah Tara go ahead my love I love that that's been brought up because it is a complete privilege. And I think that's what really puts fire in my belly to do the work that I do, that it shouldn't just be people who have the time, the money, the inclination to go and find out all these things. Most people who have painful periods just need to suck it up, right? They need to take a lot of painkillers, maybe get the pill and move on. They don't have the time or resources to be finding out, oh, is it dairy or is it my past trauma or whatever it is that is causing their period pains. They just need to move on. And I think that's really angers me about wellness is that it is generally very white, very privileged, you know, people who have got time and money to do those things. And that's where I, again, I think it really has to come back to education for younger generation. It has to be in the schools. We have to, add, this has to be part of the national curriculum for all countries to understand like how biology works, not just from the male perspective, like why it's important to have those naturally occurring hormones in your body because it's going to help with breast health and brain health and all those things. But I totally agree with Adele. Like who gives fuck about Alzheimer's when you are 16 and you just want to go out there and party and and sleep around like like or, or be with your boyfriend or whatever it is they're not thinking about brain health are they at any juncture so I think we really need to think that that is a privileged conversation and um what I love Natalie alluding to as well is it's been in those right relationships um and for many people fertility awareness it will never be an option in their relationship and they again it's not that they're an abusive relationship but it does take two people to understand how the body works um so yeah I think I'm really pleased that we're we're touching on that about privilege is such a big part of why periods would be um considered optional and also we know that highly processed food um and those kind of um chemicals from the, what we eat really impact on how our period and our cycle is going to be and we know that that really comes down to a social economic um situation as well like where is your educational food are you in a food desert do you have any access to free food sorry to fresh food you know when you look at the food banks i know me and angela have talked about this before there's nothing that's going to be fresh or any way supportive of your hormones your health in general so privilege really is a very important part of this conversation Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Angela, my love. So I totally agree with what Nat was saying. And my background is I come from working in charities in deprived areas of London across the UK. And, you know, this is this is exactly what, you know, me and Tara talk about and also yourself, Julieta, that when you move into this health world, it is definitely led by privilege. And I think, you know, going to somebody you know, in an area, for example, you know, in London, that basically starts talking to them about how you need to learn about your cycle and the foods that impact it and everything else, you know, A, you've got that whole massive sign over your head that you're sort of a privileged white person going in there saying that. And then you've also got the side of, you know, it's privilege first, but then it's also confidence seconds. You know, at 16, I don't know many 16-year-olds that could stand up to the patriarchy and to their boyfriends and all their group of friends and go, actually, you're all wrong. I don't want to be doing this for my body. My body's important and it's very, very sacred and I'm going to do what's right for it for the long term. You know, and I think 
that's a wider conversation. It's about how much education and confidence we enthuse in our young people, men and women. And I think, you know, that that's definitely an area I've been involved in for many years. You know, I worked on a teen pregnancy project when I was working in Derby City Council as part of the European um, team there. And, you know, going around to different countries with their approach to confidence as well is so interesting because we had obviously some deprived areas of Derbyshire or you were going and looking at the message of education there on, you know, sort of how we approach that for sexual health. And then we went to, you know, to Mediterranean countries. We went to Sicily and we went to Spain, completely different because their their country obviously has, you know, totally different approaches to things, you know, probably guarded a lot by um, religion there. So, and then we went to Sweden, my goodness, completely different education message there. And it was taboo. Teenage pregnancy was not accepted. So basically, instead of, you know, contraception and everything, they were getting abortions. So it was a big kind of approach and a different message. But there was still and there was confidence with the people, the young people there, streets ahead of, you know, the people that we were working with in Derbyshire. And that, I think, again, is coming back to if you want to take the pill, you know, or if you want to go down the route of if there is a teen pregnancy or even a pregnancy that's unwanted, what happens in that situation all very much depends on where you are socioeconomically and what country you live in as well. So it's, it's mirroring exactly what Natalie was saying about, you know, you've got to look at the person you're speaking to, look at their age and where they're from and what their circumstances are to be able to then, you know, go in there and wag your finger and saying, but you really need to understand your body. At 16, I was exactly the same. I was probably a lot healthier and I was still, you know, a strident bitch probably at that point, you know, 16, telling everybody what to do and being a pain in the ass. But I still was very much, you know, if I want to do something, that represents my voice and how I'm looking at this particular time. Um, and when I see people coming to me now who are more interested in fertility, it's a huge step change for them to change their mindset from don't get pregnant to the message was actually wrong. It's very difficult to get pregnant in most cases. And I wish we were told this. I wish I knew about my body and could have made that choice about not going on the pill at 16. That's one of the kind of things that most of the ladies I speak to say God, Angela, I wish I had somebody like you or knew a lot more about my body so I could make those choices. Because I'd probably say about 70% of my clients have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which basically means that the cycle is very much um, interrupted. They probably have about maybe five or six periods a year in most cases if they have classic PCOS. And the doctors automatically put them on the pill to regulate their cycle and then essentially in doctor speak that's I don't really want to go into this because I have eight minutes in a consultation room so I'm going to just put you on the pill until you're ready to have your um your next decision about your body and a lot of people do come off that and then have exactly the same issue because that connection between the brain and the ovary has probably got even worse during that time so I think it is 
a feminist discussion about, you know, rights over your body and what you want to do. But also, I think what's coming out loud and clear with all of us that are talking about that is give everybody all the information um, so that they know. And I think that's the thing. There, there needs to be more doctors that are trained in this area that can actually, even if they don't want to talk about it, signpost people to it before they make that decision. You know, the system is rigged very much in let's solve the problem in eight minutes, you know, whereas I think we come from a situation where we spend an hour, an hour and a half in consultations really going into depth of, you know, the point where I'm looking at grandparents and great grandparents about, you know, family family health conditions and trying to piece their genetics together with what's happening on the ground for them. So these conversations are so important, but it's very much placed in that time you're in, the age you are and where you come from, really, that you can make those decisions yourself. And yes, it is a privilege to make that decision that you don't want a period, but also at the same time, that kind of message of trying to get people to understand their body is also much more now a privilege and I think you know we need to start looking at how it was in the old days like the red tent approach it wasn't a privilege back then you know women passed that information on for free to all of their other fellow women that had actually started to get their periods and I think that message that you know body awareness is a privilege is really weird for me because it never used to be like that and I think suddenly it has become like that now. Totally, totally agree. Like so many gems in there. Thank you for pointing all of that out. The idea that going on the pill regulates your cycle. That's just a myth. The idea that GPs just don't have the time, you know, like mm. we're all very quick sometimes to point the finger. But realistically, I mean, what could we do in eight minutes? My <sighs> God, I sometimes work with clients for up to a year, you know, mm. like it's completely unrealistic. So, yeah, thank you for pointing all that out and how we want to go back to that body awareness that we used to maybe have a lot more of. And actually, I probably want to start we want to start wrapping up now but on the theme of body awareness because Laura I know you are a body really into embodiment and stuff as well and that I know you do we all do it right but I want to start kind of like going around everyone so Laura thoughts on body awareness and then please can you tell us like yeah what is the one thing that you feel that we can do like you know as as us as little 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 women working in this tiny little bubble what's the one thing even that you feel you want to go ahead and carry on really focusing on to make this information I think we can all agree that education is probably the thing that we are that is going to get us further down giving everyone the option so even a woman who is in a relationship where maybe taking the pill is the only option to her ensuring that she has more information you know that kind of idea so tell me a little bit body awareness what you see in your clients how can we go back to that and then the future what the hell are we going to do <laughs> well in a minute <laughs> um I've got so Depend many things like circling my mind <laughs> um I think something I just want to mention is the GP thing because it, I just can it, can you imagine if GPs really did understand and then like you said signposted and could help because we go to our GPs like we're very lucky in the UK we have an NHS to have a GP appointment is free so if something is up you go to your GP now women's health and I think you probably will all agree, I don't feel it's, uh, it's solved in a GP surgery. So actually, when you have a problem with your body, you want to come to someone like us who can help and understand. However, we're not free services. So there's the privilege. Holistic healing, going to acupuncture, seeing a nutritionist, like come to yoga classes, like learning about this stuff is a privilege because you have to pay for it outside a system that's actually set up for free. 
how do we continue to educate as much as we possibly can for free? I mean, we all do it on our Instagram platforms. I don't have 50,000 followers. I'll have a million followers. The people that, I mean, Juliet and I talk about the influencers who get on the period bandwagon and they've got a thousand, a million followers and suddenly they have a period problem. And they start talking about it and we're like, but you're just not saying the right thing. So it's like, it's starting, there, there are not much more conversations happening. And I think what can we do is continuing to just show up and continuing to have these conversations and continue to educate. Like I'll educate for free. I'll do workshops for free. It's like getting into the spaces. It's like, how do we do it? And I think that's for us to come together to really think about how we can collectively share the message um because it does root in the education like imagine if we did know all these things and I think what I find with my clients is the reason I moved into fertility work was because everyone coming to me wanted to have a baby and it's like we don't come to this work to get to know our body to get to know ourselves until there's either something going wrong so it's like whether it's you can't have a baby whether it's horrendous period pains you can't get you out of bed we're waiting till something really bad we're waiting till we crash when holistic healing and living cyclically or alignment with your body or understanding your body or living to just be healthier is day-to-day preventative of anything really bad happening. So how do we get in there first? How do we avoid all the crashes happening? How do we get in there to help people beforehand? And I really like, it's education. It's just how do we keep doing that? Because it's not actually that hard to look after yourself. Like it's simple, like when you actually live to look after yourself, it's actually, it can be quite simple. It's sometimes just having breakfast. Like so many of my clients get up in the morning, drink coffee, go to the gym, go to work. They're like, oh yeah, I have breakfast at 11, but you woke up at seven. Like that's basically lunch. So actually it's just having breakfast could really help someone's day-to-day mental, emotional, physical kind of well-being. And it's the little things I think we think that being healthy or looking after ourselves is this huge big thing that we have to do but it's actually not so how do we create more education I guess around the easier ways to look after yourself which is just in your lifestyle so yeah I many 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 things Uh, but how how do how do we I think as a collective keep showing up more and how do we spread the message more because you're right a lot of people don't want to listen but they don't want to listen because it's what's been hammered at them like I grew up thinking periods are gross I just I went on the pill because I thought it was cool like I'm on the pill that it shows I'm having sex like it's, it's kind of cool and I didn't really understand anything until I came off the pill lost my cycle and then went on my own journey um so how do we keep disrupting how do we keep disrupting what's going on um yeah thank you yeah it is about education and I think it's up to us to continue to have these conversations you know in our little community what can we do to just spread the word and give people all the options um yeah so thank you for that um right I'm just gonna go around now Tara any thoughts what is what is I know we talked about education and you definitely work in that field what are your thoughts is there a specific thing maybe that you're thinking of what what do you feel is the one thing we can do to make this this conversation one that can just like ripple like really throughout the whole of society Oh, so, oh gosh, such a great question. I think we need to just be dropping it in to conversations. I think sometimes we make it too big. It has to be like in the right moment when the light is perfect and the person's asked the right question that we need to bring it in, you know, whereas I think it needs to just be that we are just dropping those like menstrual cycle awareness little bombs everywhere and kind of encourage, because I find that, um, you know, again, we are just in an echo chamber, but when you're with people, often they'll say, oh, you know what, I told my friend. And like, this is the 
power of what women do it doesn't matter what it is if it is like a sale on something or like men's cycle awareness or like the best place to buy something we share it with others sorry he's very <laughs> feminine like anti-feminist things about buying stuff but um what I mean is like we talk and we share and we when we find something out good we tell others and I think that's what we just all need to keep on doing like our clients can share it with other people and yeah, I know, obviously, we are the period geeks. People know that that's what we want to talk about. And recently at a barbecue, the uh, the host was saying to everyone who she introduced me to, this is Tara, she just talks about periods. And I thought, well, she's got it right, actually. But um, but it ha- can't just be us talking about periods. It needs to be that this is just a normal conversation. So that's my only thoughts on that. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and I agree, you know, like, it is a ripple effect. And every conversation is important. Every single, you know, like, when we get asked, how are you? Not I'm fine. I mean, I jump straight into, well, you know, I'm on day three of my period. So and I can just see the discomfort sometimes <laughs> in people's faces. But I quite like doing that. It's quite fun to watch the oh, my God, what's she talking about? So yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, Angela, what are your thoughts? Anything that we could be doing? What's the one thing maybe that we can do to really like expand this conversation? I think exactly what Tara said, just basically making it normal to talk about periods and to talk about the fact that women are not small men, you know, and we have different times where we're more productive, when we need to rest, when we're on our period and not kind of the whole, you know, carry on I think that the 70s kind of an 80s feminism was much you compete alongside men you don't complain you know you get on with it and I think now it's reframing that conversation and just saying actually we we are different Mm -hmm. and I feel power in the fact that I am different from you so therefore if we have these conversations all the talk all the time about how different we are people will start to say oh I understand you know and if you've got men in your life generally talking about you know and not saying oh that's really unfeminist saying are you on your period actually saying are you on your period is not an insult anymore it's not a case of saying that's why you're in a bad mood it's actually owning the fact that you know you may be needing a little bit more support you may need a bit more gentleness so I think you know parents grandparents you know boyfriends all sorts of things if you're in that situation just have conversations like we started off today you know where are you in your cycle have that conversation with people all the time so they go oh what do you mean what are you talking about your cycle I thought that was just your period no we're all over the month and we have different energy levels creative points and drives depending on where we are have calendars up around you know the house and just circle things when you know where you are and I think if you're having conversations about your cycle all the time with your family members they will start to get it and they will really start to understand what's going on and then you can have that conversation towards fertility around that I'm coming up to ovulation so therefore I've got loads of energy I'm much more in tune I can smell things differently I approach people differently to you know like you are where I am at the moment today where you want to literally headbutt everyone (laughs) so you know the situation has got to be reframed with women and where they are in their life you know in every situation so that that conversation starts to become normalized so people understand it Um, And then once we understand it more, 
and we start to have those conversations like we probably would have done with the red tent you know generations ago it's now going to spread out wider than just your women folk it's got to be men it's got to be young boys and I think me and Tara went to an event recently it was talking about how you don't force that information onto people by telling them they have to do this education wise you actually encourage conversations whether they're uncomfortable or not if someone goes I don't want to hear about your period you say why not you know you talk about you going for a crap all the time and I can smell when you've been to the toilet so let's talk about my period you know and let's talk about my cycle you know that's just as important when you're all getting together as men talking about farting and going to the loo you know let's talk about the period in that frame and try and say this is how you know how we all work you know and as women in your lives you've got to have these conversations otherwise they will start to go why are you like this you know I don't understand why you're suddenly behaving like this and if they understand that more they will actually start to be a bit more gentle with you and you can stop having these arguments about showing up in a certain way and you not feeling like that because again that's quite oppressive I think you know assuming that you're this one person actually living your life as a cyclical woman will actually help the whole family dynamic yes I love all of that and I love that you know everybody's always talking about farting and bowel movements especially mm-hmm. men they love nothing more yeah. you know yeah. so let's start talking about other bodily functions yes love that love that Adele my love what are your final your closing thoughts on this and where do we go from here yeah I think I think my closing thought in terms of the doctor's reel is let's be honest all doctors have available to them for women's health is surgery SSRIs or synthetic contraceptives so that you know that's as limited as it is and we are in that privilege of this world of going but so much you can do because we have the privilege of time and I say that to my clients my privileges all I do is hormones so I can be a specialist on it I can support that so I think it's just really acknowledging those differences in our world and I think probably coming to a conclusion that we're all in agreement yes periods are optional when it's an informed choice Um, and I think going forward agreeing with everyone else has said start at home start with your most intimate relationships giving women and other people permission to talk about periods if you're a woman who's learned this knowledge speak to your friends about it actually I didn't want to book that social date because I'm going to be doing my period and I probably won't be much fun that will suddenly give every other woman permission to have that conversation so you're pro-social modeling this yourself live it be authentic in how you're living and that will ripple out I think that then has this ripple effect of change because it's like, oh, she looks really good. She's like feeling well. You know, how many women do you see who are energized, got great libido, balanced mood, you know, feeling really good? It's like not very many. Whereas if we start to live it and we feel it, people go, what's she doing? What's the magic? So I think the pro-social modeling, having the conversations, giving permissions to talk about periods amazing you just reminded me you know that there's those adverts like um maybe it's Maybelline or whatever it's just like maybe it's because she talks about her periods <laughs> or the other one L'Oreal there's another one right there's loads of hilarious adverts and our secret is the menstrual cycle that on it yeah so funny I love that maybe it's but I need to play around with that because that is just making me die now um Nat my love what are your final thoughts anything that's coming to mind how do we move forward how do we create change in this area do we want to create change yeah just 
Oh, well, it's funny you said that, Julietta, about the adverts, because I also had both of those in my head. The, May- the Maybelline and the L'Oreal one I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Gosh, I just think it's such a loaded question. Like, it's a, we could talk about it all day. What do we do going forward? I can offer a perspective of, of living in Germany now. Um, you don't go to your GP about issues with your period. You go to what's called a woman's doctor. Not to say that they are any more uh, or any less pro pill um, than in the UK, but I think it, it, you know, as Angela was saying, it also depends where you live and, um, you know, like your the culture that you live in and everything else. So I feel like something I really love here is that it is normal in every restaurant, in every cafe that you go into, there will be like a bowl or a box of tampons or um you know pads or whatever like it's a, it's a normal thing so that you there isn't even you know it's, yes it takes away the quote-unquote shame that some people will have of you know like oh fuck, I've got my period and I don't have anything with me um it just means it's normal <laughs> it's you know the the culture here is that people are much more body aware in t- and not necessarily in terms of an embodiment body aware but just aware of biological function a little bit off topic but the first time I came here I was really like taken aback because most of the toilets have like a little shelf in them and I was like why is there a shelf in the toilet <laughs> and my partner was like because you can check if like what your poo's like you know like it's normal you can check if there are worms or you know like they eat a lot of like sausage and meat and pork and stuff and it was like you need to be able to like know what your poo is doing you know so it's something just I think I feel like we just as a as a nation of British people are just so squeamish (laughs) about our bodies and I feel like just normalizing that you have a body normalizing that you piss you shit you fart you you know like all these things are just probably the 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 easiest way to get people to be okay with Mm -hmm. I have a period I bleed or my partner has a period or my sister or whatever um so I think like you know just starting as everyone is saying at home with those conversations I've got I'm I'm getting my period tomorrow I don't feel like I can do this please take over or speaking with your girlfriends or whatever so I think this is a an important aspect I think there's the very as we're having this conversation I'm always that the question of privilege is always something very, very present for me. And, you know, there is a, um, at least in my mind, there's always a tussle between how do I make a living with this? And how do I speak to people that don't have the money to come and speak to me about this kind of thing? Because it's a privilege. And I don't see anyone who's doing menstrual cycle awareness for free completely all the time. Mm. Just going to be honest about it because we need to live from it (laughs) but you know so I feel like there's a it's two sides of this coin of you know the capitalism that tells us give a workshop but only give so much information because you need people to come to you and pay you money and you know there are people in the in the world in developed countries I'm thinking about the states here where there are people who don't have access to that you know vegetable and they don't see a vegetable there isn't even anywhere for them to buy food where they live let alone talk about the menstrual cycle and everything else so I think the privilege thing is a really big 
mm. part of this um that unfortunately is something that we have to deal with because governments don't <laughs> so i don't know what the answer to that is you know i can't afford to, to do everything that i do for free but at the same time i know there are people who need to hear this message who literally do not have the money to put food on the table let alone get in touch with their body so yeah that's I feel like the the privilege thing is is probably one of the biggest pieces in terms of how to change this whole conversation going forwards across the world yeah thank you and I think you're I mean that's something that's been alive for me for quite a while now like how can I bring this work to the people who probably need it the most or need to access information whilst not like starving to death myself and ending up in a position where I need free support you know like it's this really weird thing and like there is part of me that's like should I look into trying to get some government funding do this do that the other and like I haven't taken it much further than that but you know maybe that's something that we can all explore a bit further down the line because this information has to be accessible we would like for it to be accessible to everyone so thank you for that it's really important um yeah so this has been like an amazing conversation. We could talk for hours and hours and hours, but the laws, the rules that govern podcasting say we shouldn't go on for more than about an hour and a half, like, or whatever it is. It's been a while now. So, I would, yeah, I think it's time to wrap up. I think, first of all, thank you all of you for coming today. You know, like, I'm so, like, so, so, like, proud to have you in my life and call you my friends and just have your support. And we are changing the world. We really are. Even if it's one person at a time, we really are. I'm just so grateful for you all. Thank you for your time. You know, I think we've, we've talked about education, the nuances, privilege, normalizing these conversations. And we are definitely normalizing conversations. Every single one of us is having these conversations every day on social media, showing up, disrupting, pissing people off with our opinions and our posts. <laughs> but you know, when you piss people off, you've hit a nerve. That's the way I look at it, right? <laughs> um yeah so much more to, to kind of think about I suppose should periods be optional I can't remember who said it yes probably actually um if it's depending on your circumstance actually maybe they should be and that's okay and let's our role is to spread the information so people can make the right choice for them and that's it um so yeah Thank you all so, so, so much. And obviously we'll have, be having you all back on again at some point, hopefully on a one-to-one -one basis so people can get to know your work, your opinions and everything in, in a deeper detail. But for now, thank you all so, so much. And yeah, we will see you soon. Mwah. Bye, 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 bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please help us spread the menstrual cycle love by rating and leaving us a review and sharing this with anyone who you think needs to hear it.